Amen, amen, amen. Be seated. God is good all of the time. Amen? God is really good. Everybody glad to be here tonight? Amen. Um, I really encourage you this month, I'm just I'm telling you this, because of the word, because of the way that it's come to me and what we're delivering. But I really encourage you this month to, if, if you don't, even if you make the services on Sunday, um, you need to go back and download or listen to those messages uh, for the whole month of June. Uh, these messages on that God is for you. Uh, that's the title of our series, God is for you. In other words, he's not against you. We talked about Sunday that God is the one for you. There's one against you, but the one that's for you, if you really believe he's for you, then the one against you will, won't, won't and can't succeed against you. Right. Amen? Can't succeed. It's impossible. It's impossible for him to succeed against you if you believe God's for you. God's for you, but if you don't believe it, it won't work. The enemy will be against you and he'll prevail because you don't believe it. So you have to believe. You have a part to play in that. You have to believe. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Well, tonight is our first Wednesday summer, re re summer rewind message. We're rewinding and... Every Wednesday this summer, we're going to bring a word uh, about regarding a series that we taught from, from September until now. So we're going to rewind and go back over different series that we've taught. And it's interesting, but this week, I, as we ended our, our, uh, our Wealth and Wellness series... That had been going since April, since after Easter, um, and on Wednesday nights we've been talking about wellness. In September on Wednesday nights, we talked about faith for healing. And a couple of days ago, I felt like God said, just minister this one more time, but from the perspective that we shared last September on healing. In our, in, in our bodies, but in our lives. Amen? So, tonight, title of my message is Faith to be Healed. Faith to be healed. That we have faith that we are the healed, that God has already healed us, He's already set us free, He's already delivered us, and that we have to execute that healing and that health in our life. In other words, what we're called to do is to reinforce and then enforce the fact that by His stripes we are well and that nothing, nothing can take us from that. Spirit, soul, and body, I'm well. How about you? We are the healed in Christ, spirit, soul, and body. I, I, we, are, we are well. And tonight we're addressing it more from a physical perspective, but it's in every area of our life. I am well because God made me well. Amen? 
I'm saved because God said I could be saved if I accept what Jesus Christ came to do. So if you're saved, you're healed. If you're healed, you're delivered and set free. If you believe it. Right? God is for you, like we're talking about on Sundays. He's for you, but the one against you will succeed if you don't believe he's for you. But if you believe he's for you, then he will not, it doesn't, it doesn't say that he won't come against us, but he will not succeed if we know God's for us. Please listen to those messages. I'm telling you, God will do something in your life if you'll pay attention to those words. Yeah. Amen? And even tonight. Exodus chapter 15 and verse, the last part of verse 26 and this is who God says that He is. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am, in other words, I am Jehovah Rapha, the God that has healed you. The God that heals you, but He has healed you. Right? The, the next verse we're going to look at is Psalm 107 and verse 20. And all these will just kind of lay on top of each other and complement each other. But Psalm 107 and verse 20, and he sent his word, who is his word that he sent? He sent the best of heaven to come and heal us and to, to deliver us. He sent his word and healed us, healed them, healed us and delivered us from all of our destruction. The Father sent His Word, and He has healed us. Not something that will happen, He has. So, if He sent His Word and healed you, He saved you, He healed you, He delivered you from all destruction, so no matter what comes against us, if we believe that He is the God that has healed us, and He sent His Word to heal us, then we're the healed in Christ. We're not the sick trying to find out a way to get well. That's most people's thinking. Nothing, you know, I'm not being critical about that, but most people's thinking is we're the sick trying to figure out how in the heck we're going to get well. When God has healed us and he's made us well, we have to believe that and receive it. That's what we're going to drive home tonight. Faith to be healed. Psalm 103 Man, the Bible app has gone haywire. <clears throat> In the new download, it's like, hello. Anyway, Psalm 103 and verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of my iniquities, everybody say my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases, right? See, they were our diseases and he healed us, so now those diseases that he healed me of are not mine. How, how, could, you, how could you have disease if you're healed of disease? He sent his word and he healed me. Not something, not something in the future, it's something past tense. He sent Jesus to heal us, so I'm the healed in Christ. Amen. 
right? Here, we see in the scripture, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles, right? So he forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. Who is he? He's the God that has healed us, and he is the God that sent his word and healed us, and he, he has delivered us from all iniquities, forgiven us of all the things, all the mistakes that we've ever made, and he's healed all of our diseases. It's a past tense thing. So you got it? Yeah. Amen. So in Luke 5, I want to look at something tonight. I've been saying this to you over and over and over again for the last couple of months, and, um, and I'm going to continue to, and it is this. Never underestimate the power of the spoken word. Amen. Never underestimate the power of the spoken word. I'm going to say something to you about that in a moment, but, but I want to I build something in these next two passages, and then we're going to end tonight looking at the power of the spoken word and how to implement it in a greater way in our lives. I believe even though you've heard a lot taught about this, I believe you're going to learn something about the power of the spoken word that the enemy tries to deceive people with. And if we don't believe what we say, if we don't believe in what we say on a day-to-day basis, he'll talk you out of it. I'm convinced of it. Luke 5 and verse 17. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, as Jesus was, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then, behold, men brought on a a bed a man who was paralyzed, okay, so that means he needed healing. So it it looks like the understood subject here is that Jesus is leading up to focusing on seeing people well, right? Because the scripture here says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop let him down with his bed through the tiling and into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, what are we talking about tonight? Faith to be healed. Faith to be liberated and free and set free in our life. When he saw their faith, whose faith? The the guys bringing him in. He looked at the man... He wasn't looking at the faith of the man on the stretcher. He was looking at the faith of the guys that just cut a hole in the roof and did whatever they had to to get the guy inside. And he looks at the man and he says, Man, be healed. No, that's not what he said. He said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. So what does that mean? Jesus knew within himself right then 
that that man's block was the unforgiveness that he was living in. He wasn't forgiven. You cannot separate healing and health and unforgiveness. There's no way. Most people that go to the grave prematurely and leave this earth prematurely, most people that go to the grave prematurely is because they go with a heart and a life of feeling like they're not forgiven. Say this, with, say this after me. I am, I am forgiven. forgiven. You would profit in your life every day if you reminded yourself every day of the fact that you're forgiven. Jesus died for you to be forgiven. We just read that. Psalm 103. He has already forgiven us of all of our iniquities. He's watching this guy come through the roof. He says, hey, your sins are forgiven. Man, the Pharisees went nuts. Who's this guy forgiving sin? You know what Jesus said? He said to them perceiving what they're thinking, what is it easier to do? Forgive a man of sin or to heal his body. And you know what? The conclusion I came to with that is that neither one. They're both easy. Now, it didn't say, it didn't say that it wasn't hard. It said that, it, that neither one of them are, are easier than the other, is what Jesus was saying. Neither one of them. Because he knew he had the authority to command that man's body to be well, but he also knew he had the authority to let that man know he is forgiven because of what his whole life represented and what was fixing to happen in the days ahead. He knew that. You and I have been forgiven, and we have to know that so that we can walk in divine health and healing. The power of God was present to heal, but you know why in many cases in Jesus' ministry in the three and a half years that he was on the earth... He would go places, and whole crowds of people didn't get well. Said he could only heal a few sick, and there were always people thronging him. Why? I say number one reason, because of the unforgiveness and, and, and the, the lack of being forgiven and knowing that they're forgiven. See, a lot of people think that unforgiveness has to do with somebody that just, bless God, I'm not. I'm, I'll never forgive you. Why does a person, why is a person like that? Why does a person have unforgiveness towards someone else? Because they're not forgiven themselves. See, the Bible's real clear. If I'm forgiven, it's easy for me to forgive. God, want, God is teaching us through His Word to develop this thing inside of us that I'm forgiven, and no matter what it takes, every day through the power of the spoken word, I'm getting liberated in my thinking, in my mind. My heart is being transformed and changed, and I am living forgiven so that I can accomplish much on the earth. Not only will you get well, but you'll help other people get well. Jesus said, the works I did, you'll do, and even greater works, because I've gone to the Father, and if I receive the empowerment, that he's talking about right here that he had, then the same exact things will work through my life. Same with you. But we have to be forgiven, and we have to know we're forgiven. Every morning after I get up in my routine, that's one of the things that I say, and I don't just say it once, I say it over and over again. Father, I thank you today that I'm forgiven. 
I am forgiven. And not only am I forgiven, but I'm empowered to do what's right today. It's part of my confession. I think I'm leading to the point that, that I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up having so many confessions on a day-to-day basis, I won't have time to do anything else. It won't produce bad stuff. Amen? So, <clears throat> let's look at Proverbs 4, and then and, and I'm going I'm to bring this to a conclusion. It'll take me a minute to bring it to a conclusion, but you know how I am. <clears throat> Proverbs 4 and verse 20. He said, My son or my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, out of your heart, that's why you have to guard your heart. How do you guard your heart? By giving attention to the word, inclining your ear to what his word says. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. It's life to those who find it and health to their whole flesh. And that's how you keep your heart with all diligence. For out of your heart spring the issues of life. One translation says, out of your heart is how you deal with the issues of life. Whether I'm successful in the way I deal with the issues of life that confront me, that face me on a day-to-day basis, will be determined by how much access I have to the Word of God and how much I'm listening to the Word of God and I'm putting it before my eyes and I'm meditating on it and I'm allowing it to come out of my mouth. And I'm going to show you by example in a moment how effective that that can be. Now, in verse 22 it says, those words coming in your ears, coming before your eyes, coming out of your mouth, those words are life, verse 22, they're life to those who find them, and health, and in the margin, and in the literal uh, Hebrew, that word health there is medicine. It's medicine to all of your flesh. So, we're going to think for a few moments tonight about how you take medicine. Something comes against your body, natural medicine, you take medicine a certain way. We're going to look at that. But I want to say this, and you, you've, I've probably said this, I know I've said it a couple of times, but I want you to think about this again. So, we're all focusing on, I've been leading you to this place of really meditating on the fact that we cannot underestimate the power of the spoken word, not underestimate it. Now, the one that's against us, the enemy, what he does is he gets you to underestimate the power of the spoken word by getting you discouraged if the spoken word doesn't work like a magic show. You speak something over yourself, you speak healing over your body, and nothing changes in your body. The enemy tries to make people think, well, it didn't happen instantaneous, so what, like, you know, that, that confession thing doesn't work, or just confessing the word if it's not working like a magic show. So, so tonight, 
I want you to think about something. I'm going to read some confessions. I'm going to tell you where all these confessions come from as I read it. But I want you, I want you to think of, think of it like this. So let's say that you can, you can apply this to anything that's not even a physical ailment. I don't care what it is. Anything in life, it works just like this. And, and, and what I'm telling you tonight is this. If you will do something with what I'm instructing you to do right here, if you'll do this, and you'll, uh, you'll allow the Holy Spirit to show you how to apply the Word like I'm showing you right here, you'll, you'll never be the same in your life. And you'll never underestimate that what you're saying when you're saying it is not doing what it says it's supposed to do. Because the devil wants to talk us out of it, making us think that if something didn't change in the moment, that it's not working. And that's a lie. Listen, we're talking about having faith to be healed. Jesus already healed us. He's not doing anything else to make things well in our bodies, our mind, in our circumstances, our life, styles, our situation. He's not doing anything else. He's already done it all. What he's trying to do is get us to trust him through his word and that we be people that are enforcing what he's already accomplished by what we say. So let's just say, let's just say that uh, something has attached itself to your body. And I'm going to read a few verses of scriptures that apply in these confessions to specific things like tumors or certain kind of ailments or whatever it would be. If cancer has come against and affected your body in any way, shape, or form, okay, I'm I'm, going to read these confessions and why you need to be saying this day to day and not just... You know, when you can squeeze it in, but where it becomes priority in your life. All right? So, let's just say that something has attacked itself and attached itself to my body. And I know that the Word says contrary to that. So, this is what needs to be said in one form or another. I am redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3.13 is flowing in my bloodstream. It flows to every cell of my body, restoring life and health. The enemy's trying to tell you, yeah, but you know, you're saying those kind of things, but it's not doing any good because you, know, you, you still hurt. You, know, you still feel that thing on your body. You still, oh, you know, yeah, he's getting you to focus on the natural when the Bible says, if you believe what you say when you say it, then you will have what you say, but you have to believe that what you say is going to come to pass when you say it, not when you see it. That's God's way of thinking. That's God's way of operation. The life of 1 Peter 2.24 is a reality in my flesh restoring every cell of my body. I can't underestimate the power of what I just said. It's doing something to me, and the more I believe that, the more it's affecting me. The more I believe it, the, the quicker results will come in my life. And, 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 and if I'm not saying this daily and multiple times in the day, then circumstances or other information or well-meaning people are going to talk me out of what God's Word says is so. 
I present my body to God for it is the temple of the holy God. God dwells in me and his life permeates my spirit, soul, and body so that I'm filled with the fullness of God daily. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2 and John 14, 20 in so many ways. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I make a demand on my body to release right chemicals. My body is in perfect chemical balance. My pancreas secretes the proper amount of insulin for life and health, 1 Corinthians 6.19. Heavenly Father, through your word, you've imparted your life to me, and that life restores my body with every breath I breathe and every word that I speak, John 6.63 and Mark 11.23. That which God has not planted, I love this, that which God has not planted is dissolved and rooted out of my body in the name of Jesus. 1 Peter 2.24 is engrafted into every fiber of my being, and I am alive with the life of God. Mark 11.23 and John 6.63 again. Growths and tumors have no right to be in my body. They are a thing of the past, for I am delivered from the authority of darkness. Colossians 1.13 and 14. Jesus bore the curse for me, therefore I forbid growths and tumors to inhabit my body. The life of God within me dissolves growths and tumors, and my strength and my health are restored. Matthew 16, 19, John 14, 13, and Mark eleven twenty three. Every organ and tissue of my body functions in the perfection that God created it to function. I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus. Genesis 1, 28 and 31. Father, your word has become a part of me. It is flowing in my bloodstream. It flows to every cell of my body, restoring and transforming my body. Your word has become flesh, for you sent your word and you healed me. Amen? James 1, 21, Psalm 107, 20, and Proverbs 13, 3. And on and on and on. See, that can't be underestimated when you're working on something. If it's underestimated and you're talked out of believing that anything is actually happening, then what will happen? No, but, but, but what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you start that and you get moved by what you see and how you feel? Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, but why? You got out of focus, you don't believe it, but you quit. See, the Bible says if you don't quit, you reap. Hmm? See, we're living and operating in a kingdom that deals with unseen things. But we're, uh, we're creatures of habit, and we want to see things now. I, I want to see it working right now. I want to see it working. See? But Jesus said... If you believe that what you say is working on your behalf when you say it, then what will happen is you'll say it again, and you'll say it again, and you'll say it tomorrow, and the next day, and next week, and next month, and, and, and the enemy comes and tries to blindside you and discourage you, but you say, no, I'm stopping this, I'm not stopping this, I'm moving on, I'm moving on, I'm moving on, I'm moving on. And the more you do that, the more that word begins to frame the world that you live in. And when your world is framed by the word of God, you're not moved by anything anybody does. 
It just doesn't matter. I'm really becoming a firm believer of the fact that you don't need all the information of everything that's going on on planet Earth. I, I mean, you just don't. Because if you think about it, I mean, if you think about all that we go through every day and, and all the information that comes to us, how much time is spent meditating and declaring and speaking what God says about something versus listening to other people's opinions and then having to process those, process those opinions and when you do speak the word, trying to get everything to fit. It just doesn't. I, 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 ever since the first of the years, I've been doing some things with my physical body and, 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 and walking some things out. I, I've been dealing with some things mentally and emotionally. And, I, and I've, I've purposed to pull myself away from different types of information. And it's transforming. I mean... You know what I found out? I mean, if you'd asked me a year ago if I worried about things, oh, absolutely not. But when you pull yourself out of certain environments and you realize when you've been out of that environment for a while and you purpose to stay out of a certain environment of thinking and information, because we live in an information highway out there and it comes in from every direction, but when you pull yourself out of that and you, you quit thinking about all those kind of things and, and, you, and you've got more time for the word to change and renew your mind, oh my gosh, you don't worry about anything. But God will begin to show you, you know what? You worried too much about that. You know why you didn't see that when you wanted to see it is because you really didn't have faith in that. You're really believing, you're really doubting whether that was going to really come to pass. See, people don't think that God's really concerned about whether you believe or you don't believe because, you know, God's love and he just loves us. It didn't have anything to do with love. He loves you no matter what. Hmm? You ever heard somebody say, uh, that they feel like that their brother or sister is a favorite to their parents. And, and I, I can tell you, I've got four daughters, and I don't have a favorite. They're all my favorites, right? But some of them might think that because why? They may think that because maybe one was more obedient at certain times in life, and it looked like I was favoring that one but I wasn't favoring them. They just weren't doing what the other... And, and how many know that you're not guilty just through association? Now, the devil wants you to think so. Well, you know, you're a sister and you're a part of this, and so, you know, you're guilty the way the other one... No, 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 no. No, not in God's eyes. God looks at our hearts and our faith, right? So God's really about this thing about whether we do what we're supposed to do or not. And when we do it, it will produce the fruit that we're looking for. But you and I have got to pull the reins in, in information. I'm telling you, we're, we're living, I mean, we're living in, in some times that the world has literally never seen. 
I, I mean, we're living in some times the world has never seen. The things that happen that you hear reports of that are going on throughout the world on a day-to-day basis are staggering. What other human beings in the United States of America can do to other human beings, it's staggering. And you know what? You know why? Because they have no revelation. It's not that they're bad. God never made anything bad. Did you hear me? God never created anything bad, and everybody on planet Earth was created in His image. He never created anything bad. What's lacking is what I'm talking about tonight. The lack of revelation and the lack of understanding and allowing the devil to talk us out of that being a, a, a declarer and a speaker of the Word of God, a person that is speaking and declaring the Word day to day, that nothing is happening until we see it. But I'm telling you, every time you speak the word, something is happening. And the more you speak it and the less you pay attention to anything else and the greater the faith arises within your heart, that's where you see the results. In other words, you're going to see the results before you see it. You're going to see it in here before you see it out here. You're going to see it in here before you see it here. You're going to see it in here before you see it in anything else. And when we get a hold of that, man, you can take a deep breath. You can walk forgiven. You're, You're not thinking that God's holding anything against you. If you've made mistakes in your life, learn how to repent and walk free. That doesn't mean you go to God and repent or ask Him to forgive you one time, and if you make another mistake that you're not forgetting. No, you walk it until you get it. And you walk it by declaring the Word and putting the Word out there to where you're hearing yourself declare what God says about you instead of what your unrenewed mind constantly wants to hound you with. I'm saying today, we are delivered people. Can you say amen? We're delivered spirit, soul, and body. We've not only been saved, we're healed, we're delivered, we've been set free. And God wants you and I on the receiving end of every single thing that he has done for us. Can you say amen to me?